The Contenders is a proud member of the Cage Club Podcast Network. For other great shows about movies and pop culture, go visit cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Oh man, he is a girl. Big girls can't play no ball. Ball better than you. Yes, I think decorum is important. And yes, I'd rather bake a pie than shoot a stupid jump up shot. I'm a ball player. If anybody knows what that means, it should be you. Welcome to The Contenders, the show about the movies made by and starring women who refuse to play by the rules. I'm Aislinn Addington. And I'm Tobin Addington. Oops, <laughs> I hit the bell. <laughs> I mean, it just fits how this episode is coming together. Um, uh, it sounds uh, we've, we've made our best efforts to keep our internet working here. And Aislinn's, Aislinn's on vacation. And um, her the mic is, doesn't seem to be working terribly well by the sounds of things. So you're, please just bear with us, and uh, and we'll get th- we'll all get through this this time together. Uh, we're here today to discuss Love Ampersand Basketball, the uh, 2000 movie, the movie from the year 2000. Um, and uh, Iceland, do you what's your memory of the of your sort of um, history with? Love and basketball. I remember you telling me about it originally 20 short years ago and that um, you really liked it. And we are, don't tend to be um, necessarily sports movie enthusiasts. So I took notice because it was basketball. Um, and so I don't know if I must have just rented it in the year 2000. I don't believe I saw it in the theater. Um, but then I also really enjoyed it and can remember showing it to different people over the years. It had been a while since I'd seen it, though. Um, a while being like 10 years, maybe. Okay. When I watched it yesterday and this morning. So, um so, yeah, it's interesting. How about you? I reviewed this movie for my college newspaper in 2000. Cute. I know. I think it must. So it came out in April. So it was the end of my junior year. I Yeah, my end of my junior year. Uh, and I remember it. My The the article, I gave it a four-star review. I mean, if I gave it a full, full positive review. And, and I remember my advisor at the time i ju- was just finishing a movie of my own um uh, that was that was about to have a premiere on campus and he accused me of uh, or very gently suggested that perhaps i was reviewing this movie he hadn't seen love and basketball but he said maybe i was reviewing it excessively positively because i was about to have a movie that came out and i wanted people's good goodwill in the universe toward my movie um I I defend I defend a positive review for this movie. Um, I, there are parts of this movie that I I've not seen it for longer than ten years. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but was very pleased at, at a lot of what uh, of what I saw this go around. Uh, so yeah, that's love and basketball. Perhaps I should give a couple of bits of film history. I think that'd be great. The movie was directed by Gina Prince-Bythewood, who's sort of our 
um, our hero of the month here. Our artist of the month. Our yeah. artist of the month. We are doing uh, two movies um, by Gina Prince, by the way, this and, uh, and then the um, Old Guard. That's what it's called, so right? This is our bonus episode this is a bonus episode and then the real episode or the i should say the main feed episode uh, will come out at the end of the month and we'll do the, the her new netflix movie which is um burning up the charts as they say about music about 20 years ago when this movie came out <laughs> um, so the movies this movie is a sem- semi-autobiographical story based on on her life uh and i think you can kind of feel that uh in, in the movie and uh, th- and this comes from wikipedia so take this with a grain of salt but she had it, wikipedia claims that she had wanted to do a kind of when harry met sally kind of structure um which doesn't immediately leap to mind when you think of um you know basketball romance uh you know sports movies but i think once you think about that way like structurally i think that makes a lot of sense um the other thing is that um sana do we say lathan or lathan do you know I say Lathan, but I don't know if it's correct. Okay, well, so we'll go with that. Uh, so I'm I'm sorry if we're saying your name incorrectly. Uh, Sana Lathan had never played basketball before she um, got the role in this movie, uh, which is which is something. Um, Aislin, would you please take us through Ladies in Charge, women involved in major roles in love and basketball? Happy to, um, but I would love it if you would give me a dry run of the editor. Oh, oh yeah. Um, I think it's Terrilyn Shrop- Terrilyn Shropshire. Shropshire. Yeah. Okay. She's on Twitter. She's very cool. Okay. Don't get it wrong. <laughs> no, just kidding. We believe in you 100%. I'm going to give you the good coach pep talk for this movie. You got this. Just ease up, play the game like Coach you, Tobin. Play okay. the game like you know it's played, like it's just in your backyard, you know. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, so, as Tobin mentioned, writer director Gina Prince Bidewood. Actors Sanaa Lathan, Alfrey Woodard, Debbie Morgan, Regina Hall, Gabrielle yeah. Union. Yay. Christine Dunford and <laughs> Tyra Banks. <laughs> Producer Cynthia Goodry. Editing Carolyn Shropshire. Casting Aisha Coley. Art direction Sue Chan. Set direction, Dina Ross. And costume design, Ruth E. Carter. Good work. You, you know, in these movies where we have a bunch of crew members who are mm-hmm. who are women, it takes it, it 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 makes you work harder. You know, I mean, there's like a you know a positive, a, just a double edged sword here. Um, it's true. I've learned so many names. Doing this podcast. When we get to the old guard, there's a stat. I think it's um, something like 85% of the post production roles in the old guard are women. 
Yeah. And um, so Ruth, well, I would say one thing about this list here, Ruth Carter, who, the costume designer, um, Spike Lee produced this movie. Uh, and Ruth Carter uh, is most known for doing the costumes in Spike Lee movies and also for winning an Oscar for Black Panther mm. at long last. She's, she's awesome. Excellent. Well, what a, a, a group of cool ladies. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to hear your plot summary, Tobin. I'm hoping that you wrote it. I did. It's very short. It's very sweet because we're burning through this one. Okay, so here we go. Monica and Quincy, played by Sanaa Lathan and Omar Epps, meet and bond as basketball-loving kids. The film then follows the next couple of decades of their lives as they support and squabble, fall in and out of love, and navigate those hard moments when your dreams crash into reality. In the end, the bond between them proves strong enough to overcome the obstacles in their way, ultimately bringing them to a place of acceptance and peace, of family and forgiveness, of love and basketball. So cute! <laughs> I think that should replace whatever's on IMDb, but oh, I don't dear. know it's there currently. <laughs> oh my goodness. Like I said, it had been a, a long time. Pardon me, I've got... Um, some uh, vacation uh, bug bites I'm oh, yes. <laughs> tending to while we <laughs> tend away. Um, yeah, it had been a long time. And there are parts of it that I, um, of course, remembered well. And then other parts I was a little bit surprised at. And there are a couple of things that I'm still wrestling with. Okay. Okay. So I'm not sure where you want us to go here. Well, let's wrestle. Um, let's wrestle. All right. So I think now watching it as a as a grown adult person, I paid a bit more attention to some of the relationships with them and the parents mm -hmm. and the parents' relationship and kind of the larger family dynamics. So I had remembered that um, Quincy's dad was uh, messing around. And that, that was a big component of it. But I had sort of forgotten that um, the kind of crashing of him as a hero for Quincy led to, I would say, the destruction of their college relationship mm -hmm. as well as him leaving college, Quincy leaving college and, and going against his dad's wishes to during the draft and all this and that. I was pretty irritated that... It was all that, that all his business so impacted how he treated um, Monica. Monica. And that, I don't know, I, I, there's, there's one line that, I, so I guess I'm having trouble because I, I, I do think her reactions were true to her character. Mm -hmm. I guess I was just disappointed watching it back in her reaction, but, but it, you know, it, it takes the two of them being apart to grow up both a little bit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. However, I still got this feeling through the whole kind of second half that she was still chasing him. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm wrestling with. Mm -hmm. Not that, it's bad and you can't chase someone, but as we're watching this and as I thought, Oh, slam dunk progressive before I rewatched it. Mm -hmm. uh, absolutely. The conclusion could be the same, but 
but I'm doing more wrestling than mm-hmm. I anticipated in a basketball movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I, like many instances in fiction and in reality, I just want the two people to communicate about what's really going on. Of course. <laughs> That's sort of all I want in the world. You want healthy, uh, healthy relationships. Yes. I wanted, wow, I'm having, I'm so overwhelmed by what's going on in my family that I'm having a hard time dealing with that. Right. And uh, versus penalizing her for her busy schedule and she does bring up but like that it's that it it has not gone both ways right Mm -hmm. that she has gone to great lengths to support him where has that been reciprocated but in the model that they both had growing up and in a model that he admired and a model she was frustrated with Mm -hmm. that's what they were both seeing i mean very differently right. career wise, but they were both seeing that um that the uh woman in the relationship is going to mm-hmm. bend over backwards to follow and catch and do all the things. Right. Um and so when you, you kind of see I guess what angered me mm-hmm. is that that's going on on an individual level. And again, relationships get to look like whatever you want them to look like. So if that's what they both agreed it should look like, great. But they don't. Um, and then on top of that, what I think the movie does beautifully is um, juxtapose the different um, the different ways that the two teams, the men's basketball team and the women's basketball team, are treated on mm-hmm. campus. Mm-hmm. And and knowing point zero two percent about sports as I do. <laughs> um, one thing that I've experienced is going to grad school at KU. I've experienced this difference. Mm-hmm. I've experienced mm-hmm. students in my classes being late or not showing up because they were in line to get tickets for the men's team, um, that their parents come to town for specific games or travel when the team travels. It's, it's the, um, you know, the final four, the March Madness, 100,000 people in one block of downtown, all that for the men's game. Uh, and, and they had to pay for tickets. The women's game, free to students. Right. Two in the afternoon. And there were two Olympians playing. I got to watch Olympic level athletes pay or play for free right. while eating a soft pretzel. <laughs> In a different gym at a different time of day with different stakes. And that's, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how to solve that. So I was so glad to see that. And I had remembered that um, from the earlier. So then you add that to what's going on in their relationship. And I'm just so, I don't, I'm done with Quincy. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Sure. I, I'm so glad he was able to, to grow up. And um, and I do think the very end is beautiful when it they sort of both come to this. Um, they're sort of playing opposite for a minute. He was still playing basketball. She was talking about quitting mm-hmm. where he was truly done mm-hmm. in his heart or soul or ACL. And, and she still had the fire, right. but had been pushing and clawing for so long. So the final moments 
gorgeous and I love it mm-hmm. to see that he found a new path and then that she was able to continue. But all that middle stuff really bothered me this time. I, you know, I think I, I, I hear you. The, the, um, before I address that, the part of the movie that bothered me the most, and I remember this at the time, and you know, maybe I took a half a star off for this. I'm kind of hoping I did in college. But I, I remember it bothering me at the time is that he doesn't find her attractive until she's straightened her hair, put on the pretty dress, shown up at the dance. Like, even if then ultimately he does seem to, you know, appreciate her for, and, and yeah, like they have a connection from the beginning. I get that. But like as a possible romantic partner, it's not until, you know, the traditional movie, Oh, makeover scene, which is one of the things we've mm-hmm. talked about before. And that I remember as I was watching this movie, comparing it to girl fight, I'm like, no girl fight. He likes her cause she can kick his ass and yeah. it's like sweaty and gross, you know? Um, I, you know, I think the, the thing, the, the thing that I reckon that reconciles for me, she said she, um, Monica has this great scene with her mom. Um, and Alfred Woodard, I think is always so good. So, so good. good. Just should, should have, should have had, she should be on people's like list of names of people they know. Right. So um, like she is for us. Um, so Alfred, she and her mom have this scene where they kind of have it out partway through the movie. And, and you hear uh, Monica's frustration that she didn't come to the, these games and, and or, um, her mom's frustration with like it, having made in her mind, made a choice to give up dreams of her own in order to support her family mm-hmm. and feeling value in that and feeling like Monica was devaluing choices that she made, even if they weren't the choices that Monica would made would make. And so you do see in some ways, both of these, both Monica and Quincy grappling with the path forward that their parents have charted for them. And I think that as frustrating as that is, and as unfair as that is to each other, especially from him to her, the expectations they have and all this, all this stuff, but that they that they both end up ultimately. And as you say, it's not until the very end, but they do get to a place at the end where she has this, this career and he's mm-hmm. got the kid bouncing the kid on his knee, you know? And so there is this way in which for me anyway, that ending does, does redeem all the stuff that, that comes along because while I would like to think that we could all, speak our truths to one another and that that would be would, that the that the um coach taylor uh mrs coach you know the tammy taylor coach taylor uh, thing would be ideal um in terms of discussing problems and working out relationships and everything that most people don't have that sure. and, and so being able to see the experience of people grappling with it and finding a new way through is mm-hmm. I think a, I think for me that redeems the frustrations that I have <laughs> with with him and with him sort of reveling in some of the st- systemic, uh, you know, issues that he's a, that he is um, privileged by, right? In in in, right. in ways of being a, a male basketball player, um, and and a member of his own family and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I think for I, I absolutely see your point. I think for me, if there was a little bit something, so mm-hmm. um, we go from their fresh, their first year of college, mm-hmm. which I think one or both of them would have been redshirted. Again, tiny things I know about sports. Um, so it's odd to me if they're both playing, whatever. 
but then uh, then the next quarter mm-hmm. is five years in the future. Right. And so I assume she has finished college. I don't know that. And she's playing in one of the European leagues that um, was mentioned earlier. And she meets up with her old rival. Yeah, for dinner. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, first in the basketball game. Oh, right, right. Right? right. They're in this championship game. And, and then, you know, we see the trophy on the table. So cute. Um, but I think for me, what I would have loved is if that had come a little bit earlier mm-hmm. and that that character, Sidra, could have brought Monica into that world a mm-hmm. little bit mm-hmm. of over here, we are the stars. Mm-hmm. People are waiting you know, to see what we're going to do. Um, Italian men yeah. love black women. There was a Bravo show about that, by the way. Um, <laughs> if there was, you would know it. I would know. Um, or about that particular stereotype, I guess. Uh, but so I, I, I guess because what I saw was Monica left at the front door of her dorm by Quincy, who was mm-hmm. out. He, he, he um, disrespected her in front of his roommates and this other woman and took this other woman out to lunch just to, just to get to this conversation. To, right. to me, it felt like he couldn't have that conversation just on his own. Mm-hmm. Like he needed a catalyst. And mm-hmm. so he put another person in the situation. Right. Um, she's left there. The next time we see her, she's lonely in Spain. Right. And then she comes home from Spain to see him in the hospital. Mm-hmm. So what would have redeemed it for me is just a little bit of her reveling in right, being in what st- that is yeah, in yeah, Europe. Right. And then if that's not what she wants, right. if it's not fulfilling, great. But I would just, to me, it just, and, 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 yeah. and it was streamlined and it's a good length and all that. But in my mind, when I replay this movie mm-hmm. tonight as I'm going to sleep in my brain, yeah. I'm going to add that little bit of her of her um, adventuring to enjoy it yes. rather than going, Oh, it's all about Quincy. It's all about Quincy. Quincy's gone. I got to get Quincy back. You're so that, right. That's my thing. And it wouldn't need to be a lot. You wouldn't need it. You wouldn't need a bunch of scenes. You're totally right. No, I, just a couple. That, that it's that, And you know, it's a, it's a, you know, we are taught, especially starting out as we are, you know, as you're writing movies that everything has to hinge on the central thing that the character Mm -hmm. wants, the central relationship. And so in this case, it's, so there are sort of two, there's love and basketball and the, the, they don't give maybe enough weight to the basketball side in that bit. It would have been fun to see her at least um, explore the fun of being the star for a little bit there. I like that. This has, in addition to that main story and the main Folks, and I think both lead actors are fantastic in it and have to play a range of, of ages. Yeah. Um, but we have great, like you mentioned, Alfre Woodard, um, Regina Hall is fantastic. Fantastic. Um, no surprise there, I suppose. <laughs> no surprise. Gabrielle Union coming in, which I think, I feel like... Um, she pops into so many movies in a fantastic way. I, you know what I mean? I yeah, feel like she totally. fits in so many different worlds. She's a great, um, a great actress that I have known of for such a mm-hmm. long time. Yeah. Um, she she and, tried out for the lead. Okay. And that yeah. would have been good too. Yeah. She would have been great, uh, I think. Yeah. And then the opening in the, in the opening sequence when they're, or the first couple scenes when they are children. Yeah. Um, I think, 
uh, Kylie Pratt does, or Kylie yes. Pratt does from who I just know as a Disney, uh, Disney kid, Disney radio kid. Um, yeah. Does a fantastic job totally as uh, playing this, and what a fun role totally as a 10, 11 year old kid. Now, I do wonder about the setup of he pushes her to the ground, and she gets some sort of abrasion that then is a lifelong scar. Big, big scar, big scar, big scar. Yeah, that was that was curious to me, but I'll let it slide because it is charming. Yes. <laughs> yes. What I love about them in those early scenes, it sets the template so much for their relationship where they like bond strongly over some shared thing. And then like, like it, the switch flips and they're like squabbling, fighting with one another. And, you know, it's not quite an oil and water thing. It's more like they're just like they, they, they joined so you know, um, strongly that then they repel each other, right? That there's this, Mm -hmm. this competition they have, all that kind of stuff is I think set up so nicely in those scenes with those, with those charming kids. Yeah. I think it's very good. Um, the other early charm that I really loved was, um, when, uh, they were in high school and, um, you know, they both have a lot going on independently and with their families, but then you see Quincy, um, leave his house, and go across the yard um, and and go in and sleep on her floor. And there's yeah. no words yeah. said, right. but it's understood that this has happened before. Yeah. And that this is just what what they do. And right. um I think his parents are fighting and he he leaves the house. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like this is gonna sound like I'm a you know, stereotypical uh, geek that didn't have real friends. And that might be true too. But, um, but I connected with this idea of you have kind of different friends at different times or relationships are are stronger or more apparent. You know, um, one of my closest friends, my whole life in high school, we didn't hang out at high school really, but we lived near each other. And so we would take walks around our neighborhood and like debrief the social things in our two circles. If we were in the same social circle, we wouldn't have been able to do that. And people close enough to us knew that this other person was important. Right. But you wouldn't know that just from seeing us. From at seeing you in the hall or whatever. Yeah. Right. And that, right. but that, that those um, connections outside of kind of the obvious social world can be mm-hmm. so important. And so, um, uh, strong. And, it, and she would, it would have been in the circle with Monica and Quincy. It should be, it should be said. True. <laughs> if you, if you all had been at that high school, we wouldn't have been anywhere near those, those, <laughs> we wouldn't have been allowed near them. We wouldn't I mean, have been pe- invited. We would no. have been playing in the pep band while they played yeah, basketball. Either. Yeah, totally. So and in that the, yeah. sense, there would be mutual respect. Right, right. Exactly. For sure. I don't mean to say, yeah, yeah, no, but it would be, it'd just be different circles, like you say. That, like, yeah, where was the pep places. band? Where was the pep band? Complaint 2 lodged right here. One of the things that lo- USC. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. No kidding. They, they probably couldn't afford it for this movie. Um, one of the things that I love in that se- high school sequence in the, I think it may be the first basketball game that we get, is there are a couple times where the camera goes um, first person to Monica's point of view. And so we're in her point of view, moving down the court, looking up at the scoreboard. We hear her inner thoughts as she's playing the game. And I just thought that was such a cool way to depict that. We so rarely get... Um, extended direct POV of any kind of athlete, but particularly 
women athletes mm-hmm. is it's not the sort of I mean, first of all, there aren't a lot of movies about women athletes. I mean, we've covered most of them on this show. True you story. know. And so, and so I thought that was a really effective way to ground us very much in her point of view. And that's a thing that I think the movie doesn't, and I think this is probably, I, I like this about the movie. It does not ground us in Quincy's point of view as much as it does in Monica's point of view. Mm. And I'm kind of glad it doesn't because the center of gravity, I think, would shift too much, too much to him. But I wonder if that's maybe why some of his like the interactions with his parents and even his peers sometimes sometimes they feel a little bit more um conventional generic um because the the rest of it feels like it's it, i mean and from what i've read is coming so much out of Gina Prince Bythewood's experience like it's you can feel that she has felt these things so some of these things so directly anyway i thought that was a neat kind of uh, uh cinematic technique to ground us in her character and feel what it's like to be her playing this game I hadn't noticed that. Thank you for that. I also don't, wouldn't, I think you've watched more sports movies than I have because you've watched more movies than I have. And you've watched more classic films than I have. And as I was looking through lists today to put together some sort of whimsical moment for later, yes. um, I, I came across some. But that's a that's an interesting point. The other very basketball-related um, thing that is brought up but again, in this watching, I sort of wanted it. I wanted more of it and about it was um, Monica's point uh, about her attitude and her. Um, there's a lot of talk about her attitude. She, you know, between her mom saying that, you know, when you're going to grow out of this kind of um Mm-hmm. Which some of it is aesthetic, but some of it is attitude based. And then right. her dad and others saying, um, you're not going to get recruited if you're perceived as difficult, which, you know, uh, is something that, you know, in, in my little world, we talk about a lot what women are allowed to express right. versus men. Totally. And then if you add some of those other identities on top of it, and and we're talking about you know, women of color and this perception of, um, you know, angry black woman, what have you lean on top of that. And, um, I'm not an expert in those layers, but just wanted mm-hmm. to acknowledge them that she brings up a couple times to her family, to Quincy of like, you can get in someone's face, you can right. yell back and, and she's just not, uh, allowed to express in the same way. And that mm-hmm. that's so frustrating for her, for her because to her, it is just the, the game. Like it's right. It should be the same, um, which is another reason. I think that that final scene, when you see her in the WNBA is sweeter. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. Totally. She has persevered and she is in the highest um, point for U S players. <laughs> the, Again, the I don't allow. know anything about the other leagues. <laughs> Um, perhaps you would make more overseas. I think likely you would, but I don't know. Um, so yeah, I just want to, uh, I, am glad that that was brought up. I could have, because I eat that stuff up, I could have had another bowl of, <laughs> um, that what men are allowed to do versus what women, women are allowed to do, but I'm glad it was brought up. Yeah, it did. It does seem to be again, out of a, out of a sense of, ex, of a character of a person's experience, uh, in a way that I think is, um, that I think is really cool. So after Quincy, who we hear from a newscaster, no, what do you call it? A commentator, sports commentator, Mm -hmm. 
is a sub, is a backup for his team in the NBA and has, in the five years he's been, has been um, passed around a bit. He has not had the meteoric rise that he suspected he would have. Right. Um, he hurts himself on the court. The next thing we see is his butt, which we love some buns on this show. Uh, I do. Uh, and then we're in the hospital room and who walks in? Who walks in? But flight attendant extraordinaire, Tyra Banks. <laughs> now, I wish I hadn't reminded you, Tobin, that she was going to be there. I Because I had I'm no memory about of that. Um, is there any way that you can... Uh, sort of take my expectation off of it and and just look at that scene and say, what are your thoughts on uh, what was her name? Kiara? No. Uh, could be. I was so blinded by the ring she was wearing. Uh, oh gosh, she did the ring wiggle. Her character's name is, yeah, or Kira, Kira Kessler, Kira, or Kyra? Thank you. Kira, Kira Kessler. Kira. Kira. I mean, it's impossible to take the Tyra out of Tyra. I'm right. I mean, um, so here's what's funny: is you you had reminded me that Tyra Banks had a cameo in this movie, but I, even you saying that, I had no clue where it was going to be. Like, it could have been a. I just no idea who it was going to be. And so I was, it was a little surprising. <laughs> and then that scene comes around. I, I was like, well, I had no memory of that. Maybe that didn't even mean anything to me in 2000. I don't know. I can't, True. I can't put myself back um, quite that far anymore. Um, uh, um, so it's hard to know what, you know, how I would react to the, the, I don't know, stunt casting. What do we say? I mean, it feels mm -hmm. like it feels deliberate in some way. Right. And she's a symbol of, something that that Monica and we are supposed to think is not good for him. <laughs> you know, there's a there's a, sure. there's a um, probably because we there's want them superficiality to superficiality there. Yeah, right, right, right. Exactly. And an appreciation of superficiality as well. Like the fact the ring wiggle is a real sign. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's a Tyra's a strong spice in a movie yeah. and as i as i tell my screenwriting students you want to be very gentle with a strong spice because it can overwhelm your dish and i thought she was in this movie just the right amount i was i agree i think the the one scene was all we needed and between the uh, the way that she kind of immediately took over the space yes and got him back to bed and um yeah she did the ring wiggle and then the other part that was just kind of perfect for that spice, I thought, was um, as Monica was leaving and Quincy says, you know, I appreciate you coming by or something. And she says, oh, yeah, we so appreciate it. Yeah. And like, I know those partners and it's to me, it's not gendered, but I, I know those partners that need to suddenly we it and us it. Yeah. Just to make sure everyone knows the score. And yeah, I, yeah. I thought that was delivered really well. Mm hmm. I also have empathy for that character mm -hmm. um, because I, I, I felt like she was sincere. Mm -hmm. um, I think we're meant to uh, weigh her career as less interesting or important than either of the basketball players. Totally. totally. Um, and that she has, you know, different 
whatever. Um, but she also just got dumped two weeks before a wedding. And that's yeah. tough. That's tough so for that anybody. Tough for anybody. That was the other part that I was like, ooh, that's roof. Because uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to take that lightly. Whereas maybe in 2000, I would be like, yeah. Right. Stick with your soulmate. Now I'm like, we all make choices. And <laughs> think about the commitments we... you're making. And yeah. And if it was that quick to flip that switch, how engaged were you? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just, I'm super judgy. So, <laughs> so in conclusion, I think Tyra did great. And you're right. That's about as much as I want to see yeah. of Tyra outside of a reality competition program. Totally. And I think I think she I think she she plays it well and she's used she's used very cannily by the filmmaking to to make all these all these points. Um, were there any other uh, performances that that stood out to you in the beyond the ones we've we've discussed already? The Alfre Woodards and the Gabriel Unions. And I just wanted to give one other sort of shout out to the other um, female basketball players on both of the teams that we see the u.s mm-hmm. well i guess all the teams we i don't think we see much of anyone else in high school not really we don't really get the perspective but there is um you know immediate competition that she that monica has not felt before mm-hmm. in at usc but then that I, I like how that resolved into a camaraderie mm-hmm. and um a kind of a hard fought one and that's mm-hmm that's okay. And, and that relationship could evolve past whatever it was at the beginning. Um, and, uh, there's that sort of scene in the locker room where Monica has had some success and it is the the end of the season. So then a few people are graduating and that Mm -hmm. kind of realization of the loss of that team in that moment, I thought those, all those actors, did that really well because it was very short but i felt it mm-hmm. and I, I understood that to the extent that i can as i relate it to non-basketball things yeah yeah <laughs> um so i just wanted uh, to uh, give a, a shout out to those other um actors acting as basketball players um in on the on their respective teams i thought they did a great job how about you tobin you know, one actor that uh, I've I've come to really like is um, uh, Harry Lennox, who plays Monica's dad. Um, and I, you know, he, he's the actor who shows up in a lot of things in supporting roles. He's in a ton of stuff. He's in um, uh, Billions right now, which is um, a show that I watch, even though <laughs> it's a show I watch. Uh, and, um, sometimes it's really good. And sometimes it's, it's maybe, sometimes it's maybe not quite as, uh, quite as good, but he's always great on it. He plays one of the characters, character's dad in that, who has sort of his own, um, you know, he's a bit of a do-gooder billionaire and, um, uh, has a real kind of moral center, real clarity to what he feels about things that I think he brings to so many roles. Um, but I always, I always really, I really like him. I really, really enjoy him. Um, you know the, it, those moments he, uh, at the end of the end of the season. One of the things the movie does really well is catch those the the, the little emotional kind of the little um, tactile emotional turns at different points in in characters' lives, which is why I think that that when Harry met Sally, 
uh, comparison is smart in terms of the way the movie is structured, that we're going to follow these people through kind of major life events, and they are still in each other's orbit, even if they're not actually together. And their and their experiences echo one another in different ways. And um, But for, for Monica, especially those moments of realizing something has been lost or, you know, um, realizing something has just been gained or whatever it is that you really feel when the coach tells her, you know, I wouldn't be so hard on you if I didn't see potential. If I ignore you, then, then there's a problem. Um, and I think that that's, uh, that's maybe that it maybe then is also goes to your point that there should have been the scene in Europe where we saw her enjoying her, (laughs) you know, freedom and fame and a little bit, because that would have been another one of those little textures that, that, you know, the movie would have, would have had. That's when I think this movie is at its best is when we are in her point of view and she's wrestling with whatever the thing is in front of her in the moment and trying to find her way through against all these sort of obstacles, obstacles that she has toward basketball. Um, and I think that that's given that that's where the movie ends up, um, you know, that I'm, I am less engaged when it's just about them (laughs) and, and, or about him and more engaged when it's about her in those little emotional moments. I like that. I agree. (laughs) anything else it's just we like this movie we like this movie this is a fun movie tobin you mentioned other sports movies we have done i did and so i i think game is a strong word but i have a couple of sort of um trivia moments for you Um, all right the first of which is can you, without looking at the list, name the okay. other sports movies we've done? I'm just going to see if I could do this. Okay, so I'm going to say um, Girl Fight, mm-hmm. uh, A League of Their Own. Mm-hmm. Those are the two. And then this movie, Love and Basketball. This is our 50th main feed episode. No, no, this is a – oh, it's not. This is a extra special this episode. Dang it. I can't say that. I'll We'll get that next Save time. I gotta, next week. Okay. Uh, can you tell me how many more there are? Based on my, and I haven't looked at the list. So I think you're only missing one. Okay. Gosh. It's it not a it? conventional sport. Okay. It's not a high school sport. It's not a high school sport. So um, is it a sport of the mind as opposed to a sport of the body? Uh, no, it's a sport of the body. Okay, it's a it's a sport of the body, but not in high school. I mean, yeah, not in high. School. It's not sponsored by the school. Oh dang it! Oh no. Okay. Uh, oh yes, yes. Um, Amanda Bynes, uh, soccer. Um, what was it? she's got she's got she's all that she's what's that she's no. the man she's the man she's the man that wasn't what i was thinking of oh man okay because that is school one. sponsored yeah well and i got to that because i was thinking we've always talked about doing um uh Bend Bend like, like beckham. beckham right and then that but we haven't done that but we've done soccer okay right so uh she's so the man we've done, yeah we've done soccer she's the man we've done a league of their own baseball we've done love and basketball basketball you mentioned girl fight Boxing. And then. Are the characters in school? They're just not part. It's not part of school. Correct. 
Gosh, this is so hard. Can I have another clue? Um. Yes, absolutely. Uh, speaking of stunt casting, we did not enjoy the stunt casting. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to feel so embarrassed when I know what this is because it's <laughs> that would be. Um, does the does the sport involve vehicles at all? No. Like, no. Okay. But it. Um, does not involve vehicles, but it has important equipment. And a lot of potential for injury. Oh, my God. I give up. I don't know what it is. There are like 12 people in the world yelling at their car stereo, listening to this on a drive somewhere. Whip it. Oh, oh, of course. Of course. Of course. Of course. <gasps> oh, but that's still yeah. more than I thought when I sat down. To think of other sports movies, the only one I could think of at first was League of Their Own. So of the 50 some odd movies we've done, only 10 percent have been sports movies. Exactly. Which is why I would like to ask you to rank them, please. Oh, OK. Because I looked at a number of uh, sports movie ranking lists. OK. And so I would like you to come up with the definitive Contenders ranking. Okay. The definitive contenders ranking of these five movies Uh in order of how much we think they are worthy of inclusion in the pantheon of contenders movies or like how good they are as movies or what, how am I, what's the, I think sports films. Okay. In in the world of sports films. films. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So just to run through, we've got, we've got um, whip it, uh, love and basketball league of their own, She's the man and girl fight, girl fight. Okay. So I'm going to say uh, thinking about sports movies, I'm going to say that girl fight is number one because it's so much about the sport and everything else is a little bit secondary. Um, Number two, I'm going to say love and bad. No, I'm sorry. Let me start all over again. All over again. League of their own. Number one girl fight. Number two. Uh, Love of basketball, number three, because it is very much about the sport. And like as much as it is also about Omar Epps and his deal, (laughs) it's also about navigating sports and life. Um, And then I'm going to say whip it. And then I'm going to say she's the man since the sport feels like a engine for the movie as opposed to the purpose of it or something. Like it could, it could have been, it could have been lacrosse. It could have been right. chess. Any I mean, yeah. allegory for war. Right. Right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So that's my, that's my ranking. I think that's great. Uh, mine is starts differently, but ends the same. Okay. I put girl fight first. I put a league of their own second. Yeah, sure. I put she's. I put love and basketball third okay. and then whip it. And she's the man fourth and fifth. Yeah, okay. Okay. So uh, we invite our audience to rank our sports films themselves. <laughs> Let us know. Um, but in the meantime, I looked up. So I asked vulture. I asked rotten tomatoes. That was a mistake. 
Um, and Always. then I asked uh, Fox Sports. I think. Let's see. Did you got that on I, speed dial? <laughs> <laughs> when I Googled, those were the lists that came up, the top three lists. Um, and uh, some were lists of 25. One was a list of 150. I can tell you this. Um, Girl okay. Fight shows up sometimes. A League of Their Own shows up, of course. Sure. Love and Basketball shows up. Um, She's the Man does not. Um, <laughs> and with it kind of depends. Okay. But okay. Two of the three lists that we are calling the official list of the day. Yeah. Um, had uh, basketball movies as their number one sports film of all time. Whoa. Right. So that's above Rudy. Right. Above Miracle. Right. Above any of the others. It's probably not blue chips. <laughs> um, or, uh, Hoop Dreams. Yes. Hoop Dreams uh, was yeah. uh, the number one movie, according to Vulture. Yep. Yep. And then a different one. Fox Sports had a different one. A different basketball movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. One that I not- have not seen. Now, my son likes a couple of basketball movies that have basketball stars in. And there's one that where a kid switches talent with Kevin Durant. And so the kid's like amazing and Kevin Durant can't shoot a basket. Um, but I'm guessing it's not that one. Um, okay. Basketball. Not Angels in the Outfield. That's baseball. <laughs> and it's not. It's probably not Blue Chips. Um, no, but. It's old like that. Okay. God, and I'm thinking like it's not uh, old old sports movies. Um classic. Oh no. Bad news bears is baseball. Um is it comedy? I don't think so. But those showed up a lot. People love to put Caddyshack in their list. Oh, and I don't know how much that's movie? actually about golf. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen Caddyshack. I don't really intend to ever see Caddyshack. Uh, sorry, all you Caddyshack fans out there. Um, uh, okay, can you give me another hint? Gene Hackman. Oh, Hoosiers. Yes. But you got Hoop Dreams so quick, Tobin, that I think you won. Well, Hoop Dreams is one of the best movies ever made. So basketball Ooh, aside. Okay. Have you seen Hoop Dreams? It's a documentary. No. It's you you would oh, love, love you would be really interested in. It. It's I think it's two kids in Chicago and they're like oh. experiences coming is basketball gonna, you know, be their lifeline or not? Or mm-hmm. but it's like yeah. It's very, it's very good and very compassionate and very interesting. And anyway, it's a great movie. Do you want to guess what Rotten Tomatoes had as the top sports movie? It is not any of the sports we have talked about yet. It's not a sport we've talked about yet. I'm guessing it's not Tin Cup about golf with Kevin Costner. No, but that made several lists. (laughs) But if you put 150 out there, you're going to hit a Tin Cup, you know? Yeah. Uh, And it can be Field of Dreams then because that's... Baseball. We've talked about baseball. No, is, it's is an individual. An individual sport? Mm-hmm. Number one sports movie of all time, and it's an individual sport? From Rotten Tomatoes, the actor, among other things, is a um, loud and proud dog lover. 
big rescue dog person. But that's not what other people would know him for. That's what I would know him for. I can't even think about single person sports. I mean, there's archery. I mean, <laughs> your, um, your good friend Marissa Tomei was in it. So it's not. It's not. Is is it golf? No. It's an individual. Is it uh, sport or entertainment? Oh, the wrestler. Yeah. Yeah. But again, this is Rotten Tomatoes list. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure she's the man. Would have been 151. <laughs> yes, I'm kind of surprised it wasn't in 150. It feels like maybe it would make right? that list somewhere in there. So not a game uh, per se, but I'm on vacation and um, I thought, uh, let's talk about sports instead of a game. I, lo- I love that. That was very fun. It's a little uh, it's it's a it's an area of movie trivia that that I find very difficult. <laughs> given exactly. The, and I, you're not going to get from us again. It is a yeah, bonus ex- episode uh, conversation yeah, for sure. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Aislinn, uh, now we've come to the point in our podcast where we have to decide, is this movie progressive or regressive and give our closing thoughts? Is Love and Basketball a step forward or a step back for fearless women in front of and behind the camera? What say you? So as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, I thought this was going to be much a much cleaner shot, if you will, than, um, than it was after I watched it. And And while I still have some reservations, I do feel like the um, Monica's character, the female lead, does a lot of chasing, um, does a lot of what can I do to make this better? Um, And the the other part that we didn't really talk about, I I think that all characters in it have um, or not all characters, but but um, characters of all genders that are represented. have of this very clear uh there are good women there are bad women there are women there there are hoes and they all seem to agree on this sort of hierarchy of of female humans that were we to remake this movie today i would hope that we would change some of that dialogue around so that not everyone in the movie agreed on that right you know Yep, um, yep, totally. And so, so with that being said, uh, is this a perfect progressive movie? No, it's not. But it was made 20 years ago, <laughs> right? In the year 2000. Um, we both lo- enjoy this movie, and I think it is directed very well. It is a sports movie directed by a woman. Um, and this was... The this was uh, Monica's first big movie, wasn't it? Yeah, I think Sonala Lathan. This is I don't think she'd done anything of this scope for sure before this. Um, so I think it it highlights some gorgeous and talented women, and uh, the way that it resolves with, um, I think, is a nice parallel of what I'm assuming is the writer director achieving her dream of telling a story hmm. and Monica achieving her dream of, of uh, playing domestic basketball with both her name and her husband's name on her back and with her family watching and cheering her on. I will land in the land of progressive with my reservations. <laughs> <laughs> You've made a reservation in the land of progressive. 
Yes. I agree with everything that you've said. I think that there are pitfalls the movie falls into, tropes the movie falls into for coming of age movies, for women's stories movies, for um, high school <laughs> stories, uh, the, in the high school section anyway. Um, and uh, I think that for me, the thing that tips this over into fully progressive is that you have it launches the career of this filmmaker who kind of quietly every four to six years makes a populist entertaining well beautifully crafted well acted movie and has without ever it being um uh i shouldn't say that that way i should say with uh strong leadership in many departments behind the scenes, uh, both in production and in post-production for, for women. And I think that that, um, you know, this director has carved a space for, uh, women of all, uh, technical, uh, activities and all sort of, you know, walks of filmmaking. Uh, yeah, to, to be able to sort of um, make some great work. And so uh, I have to I have to say that um, uh, and it would be interesting to compare this then when we get to her movie 20 years later, when we watch uh, watch that movie, how these things maybe compare as uh, over thinking of a, a person's the trajectory of a person's career over 20 years. And given how young she is as a as a person, I, I hope that she gets to make more and more and more uh, movies going forward for another 20 or 40 or 60 years, maybe not. Maybe that would be a little much, um, but for a long time in the future. So uh, I will, I will say progressive. Aislinn, what are we going to watch uh, next time now that we've given that away a million times? Well, as you said, we're um, setting up a part of our discussion next time can be a 20 year comparison in the career of a filmmaker. We will be watching the old guard, which is available on Netflix. That's right. Uh, and that episode will be coming to you August 25th. So in just a couple of weeks, it will be um, Gina chapter two. <laughs> and, a, and a bit of a crossover with our uh, other cage club shows, not a crossover, but um, the, I believe that the, uh, the gentlemen who run the uh, Charlize Theron podcast are going to be covering that movie soon as well. They're going to catch up with her career a little bit as they're, as they're um, I've, I've heard rumors. Um, and so uh, you'll be able to get uh, a few podcasts on the cage club network covering the old guard, which you, ha- if you haven't seen, you should see. Excellent. Well, Tobin, if folks want to talk to you about their favorite sports films, uh, where can they find you? Please come tell me your favorite sports films on Twitter at Tobin Addington. I need a break from all the misery on that uh, app that I cannot stop um, a sort of rolling in. So so please come find me on Twitter at Tobin Addington. Aislinn, uh, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at SassyNerdMT. I am almost exclusively following dogs and posting about my dog um, on that particular medium, but happy to entertain conversations about sports as well. And once again, um, I will make masks for any listeners who would like masks. They're very cute. Got more mask fabric today. Ooh. Some cute little cartoon bugs. Right? Because the mask is keeping the bugs up. Nice so, one. Um, send me a direct message and I will send you a mask or two. 
Um, you can find us on Twitter at contenders underscore pod or on Patreon at thecontenderspod.com. Special thanks to our members who've joined at the marquee level or above, Sean Flynn and Jeffrey Addington. Yay! Big sports cheer for Sean and Jeffrey. We here at The Contenders are proud members of the Cage Club Podcast Network. You can explore all their great shows at cageclub.me, and you can keep tabs on all the Cage Club happenings on Twitter at Cage Club Pod. As always, thank you so much for listening. I'm Tobin Addington. I'm Eisen Addington, and we'll see you next time on The Contenders. I like your, well, I like your, I, I like your booth there. I like your studio. Thank you. The bottom bunk studio. You've kicked toots out. He visited, uh, and then he was on the wrong side of the door again. So.